Stand by. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Let's start the podcast by me saying things that I always say, such as... Uh, there's going to be spoilers. That's one thing that I'll say at the top of just about every show. I should say it at the top, and I'm pretty sure I have. So, good. Another thing I'd like to say is that if you like what you hear, and by that I mean this podcast, not the sort of ambient sounds in the room or car or perhaps outdoors that you are in right now, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Oh, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. Because podcasts grow and flourish if those things happen. So, make them happen, why don't you? Uh, that's it. That's all I got to say at the top of this show. No long preamble, yay. I'm going to push a button and that will get us started thusly. Ladies and gentlemen. Today's movie monologue sponsor is a time-traveling video game called Killing Hitler. <laughs> Excuse me. That sounds uh, like a fun game. I would play that. So, you know, thank you, sponsor. Movie the first is called Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Yes, I watched this movie. I enjoyed the first one, and if you are a long-time listener of this podcast, you will know that uh, because I am far from being a professional reviewer of things, I tend to like not everything that I consume in my great media consumption life, but uh, most things I at least squeeze some enjoyment out of, this being the case. Now the reason I'm saying all that is because people hated this movie for some reason. Um, to have hate for anything, there's there's very few things in my life that I hate. Uh, I don't think there's a movie that I hate. There might be movies that I wouldn't watch again, or movies that I turned off without finishing because I was having no enjoyment. But hate, that is too strong a thing to have for a thing. You shouldn't hate anything. You could hate people, you could hate actions, but things? Is there anything that you could hate? I don't know. You know what? Let's get a little audience participation, as I like to attempt and just about fail every single time to do. Uh, if you can think of a thing that we should hate, or one could reasonably hate, uh, email me to the address provided in the closing credits. You could tweet at me. I am Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. I would love to hear about your hates of things. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Hot Tub Time Machine 2. I, I had laughs a couple times. Uh, I love anything with time travel, just period. So combining some laughs with time travel is good. You know, I, I like it. I'm going to go uh, three and a half out of five. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with my threes, they are enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And this probably folds into that category. The only reason I give it that extra .5 is because I could see myself maybe years down the road re-watching Hot Tub Time Machine 1 and then saying, eh, you know what, let's watch them both. So there you go. Movie the second is called Kung Fury. This was an interesting thing. <laughs> uh, it was only... <laughs> you know, it's funny. It was on Netflix. Uh, I clicked on it. It looked strange, which is quite often up my alley. Let me read the imbida. In 1985, Kung Fury, the toughest martial artist cop in Miami, goes back in time to kill the worst criminal of all time, Kung Fuhrer Hitler. So that description right there sounds right up my alley, because I love a weird movie. Uh, what I was going to say, and didn't realize until 31 minutes into this movie, is that this movie is only 31 minutes long, so that was kind of... Uh, it was over, and there was credits, I'm like, what the hell happened? Um, this movie's got a pretty high rating, uh, 8.2. Like, this has a higher rating by almost double than Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, but I don't think it's that good. I, th I think it's that, I think that is overrated. Um, weird I love, don't get me wrong. If you're, a, again, I've already said this once, if you're a long-time listener, you'll know I like weird shit. Uh, that should come as no surprise. But this one, uh, it didn't pull me in for some reason. I think... Uh, you know what? I, I, I think I may have pinpointed it. It's a movie that's uh, trying to be so bad it's good. Uh, which I don't think is something you can try to do. I think it's something that has to happen naturally. But I, I, I think that's its sort of slight downfall. That being said, there was some enjoyment. I, I'd probably only go two and a half out of five. Or maybe three on a good day. So that's Kung Fury. like the title though. Okay, uh, final film, In Time. Oh, I'm sensing a theme here, because I did that on purpose, which I very infrequently, if ever, do, and that is try to make a themed uh, episode to a degree and definite movie segments to a large part. Hmm. All those movies we have watched are time travel ones. This one... Not quite time travel, but time related in the sense that uh, well, let me read the imbida. They'll do a good or they'll do a gooder job, as my English has just indicated. Uh, in a future where people stop aging at twenty-five, but are engineered to live only one more year, huh? Having the means to buy your way out of the situation is a shot at. No, I'm not done. Is a shot at immortal youth. Here, uh, Will Salas finds him out. So that's too long. Uh, <laughs> normally I'm DB short to the point. Basically, uh, you, your money, your currency is time. So if, say, I'm rich in time, say on my arm it says I have 100 years to spend on goods and services, 
then uh, I am essentially 100 years old, minus whatever I spend my time on. Uh, very, very interesting idea. I kind of... Uh, I, don't, I don't know why I did. I, I, I saw this movie quite a while back and kind of shied away from it. And I think I did it because of Justin Timberlake, the fact that he was originally singer. Uh, and I don't know why I did it, because... I think just about everything I've seen him in, I've enjoyed his performance, uh, this included, so maybe now my brain has realized that uh, you shouldn't poo-poo someone just because of their past in a boy band. <laughs> Potentially they can be good at other things, as uh, I, I think he proves in this. Uh, probably, what do we have, In Time, Kung Fury, Hot Tub, yeah, this was, of the three movies, this was my favorite. Very, very good action mixed with that sort of special sci-fi that uh, is just enough ahead that it's interesting without being too crazy. Like, don't get me wrong, I like this crazy super sci-fi living in robots, whatever, whatever, whatever. but uh, this one is just enough that I think it gives it a slight more of an air of believability, uh, if that makes any sense, which it might, and it might not. Uh, in time, oh, plus the uh, girl, what was her name? What is her name? Olivia Wilde. Oh, that was Olivia Wilde? <laughs> Why didn't I realize that? Uh, Olivia Wilde, super, super hot in this. And also, an incredibly good actress, I should say. Huh? Yeah, uh, so the two of them together, sort of on the run, had a little born identity feel as far as that went. Um, Rating-wise, I'll go solid 4 out of 5 for this one. So yeah, there you go. Makes sense that the one I like the most gets the highest rating. Hey, that's how ratings work. Today's Television Talk sponsor is the Boob Tube Remote Control, which is basically a television remote shaped like a boob. Hey, sign me up, Boob Tube Remote Control. Lovely sponsor you. Okay, I have brought back Skins once again, which I believe I brought back the first two seasons in a sort of combined uh, television talk, and I have done so again with seasons three and four. Technically, since these are British, uh, I should be saying series three and four, but that is confusing to me, and my brain just likes that. So we're going to stick with calling them seasons. Uh, the reason you can kind of do this, or yeah, reason I am doing this is because season one and two had one group of kids and season three and four had a whole new uh, a bevy of teenage angstiness with a bunch of new kids so to combine them like this makes a certain kind of logical sense which we here in the Libercube priding our Vulcan-like logic uh, are a fan of uh. Uh, when I was uh, trying to find a television show for the Mrs. and I to watch, uh, which I should mention, the Mrs. and I watched all of these together, uh, it did say in all the sort of reviews of this that I read that uh, this group of kids, season three and four, uh, seemingly was the, le the least liked. Uh, I can't vote for what's ahead in the seasons to come, 
But uh, I can say, maybe I didn't like them as much as the group in the first batch, but I did like them an incredible amount. Uh, how about, on that note, give my rating. Uh, I forget what I gave season... Yeah, see, seasons one and two. I think I gave it like a five out of five. I'd probably go four out of five for this. Still incredible. Uh, it does something that I think television is kind of leaning more and more towards and that is not per se picking a, uh, a genre per se Ooh, lots of non-english words there uh so it's not uh, it's not a drama it's not a comedy it's not a it's hard to pigeonhole and that's a good thing uh it is more like life in that regard which is why i think it can pull me in more and make me feel it's more believable and make me get sort of entwined in the lives of these kids more because it's not always sad it's not always happy it is lifelike in that regard so uh there was times when i laughed quite a few times when i laughed uh there was the odd time where i cried they were goddamn manly tears so you shut your pie hole shut it uh, and it does, it could swing back and forth at a moment's notice, which I enjoy. And never really knowing what's going to happen next. That's something else I always enjoy. Of all my media consumption, uh, this definitely included. Highly recommend Skins as a show, just period. Um, yeah, I, I should hesitate to say, but will say that the missus is not a big fan of Skins, as I have been. She, which I don't get, because we watch it together, and she seems to enjoy it, and she laughs. I don't know if she cries. I don't think she did. Um, and she's obviously not as pulled in as I am, but she wanted to stop watching. I would not allow it. Put my foot down, and we are going to continue. So far, so okay in seasons uh, four. We're, I think, one episode in, so... My hopes are high. My hopes are high. Okay, so, uh... Gonna probably run out of time for Doctor Who. Come on! In, it's Doctor Who season. So, uh, when that happens, whenever there's a new episode, every single week, I have to bring it back. It just goes without saying. Uh, today we're talking The Woman Who Lived. Uh, I will say that this Maisie Williams is really growing on me. Uh, it makes me sort of, uh, yearn for uh, what's called Game of Thrones. Uh, Game of Thrones comes up on this podcast from time to time. The fact that someone like myself is not watching it is a little mind-boggling to some. Uh, and it's just because I read the books way back when there was only three of them. Uh, way back before there was a show and anyone had ever heard of uh, 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 Game of Thrones. And I didn't really enjoy them because I never really enjoy books where there's a shit ton of characters. If your book has a glossary of characters that I need to keep track of all of them, uh, that's an immediate sign that I'm probably not going to enjoy your book. And the fact that I enjoyed them a little bit, I suppose, said something. But but the the television program... Because I know this sort of abundance of characters, I decided that I'm going to wait uh, until the show is no longer on the air, and then going to binge watch. Because I think Game of Thrones lends itself so well to binge watching, uh, just in general, but primarily for the reason that in order to keep track of all these people, if you spread it out over a long period of time, it's, it's goddamn near impossible for the human brain to 
do so. Mine included. Anyways, the woman who lived. We're not here to talk about Game of Thrones, a television show that I've never watched. That doesn't make sense. We're here to talk about Maisie Williams, who's a girl from that television show on this one, Doctor Who. She plays a girl who lived a woman. Uh, basically, in the previous episode, if you watched or listened to this podcast, she was, for uh, for many intents and purposes, made immortal. So uh, the Doctor sort of jumped ahead many, many thousands? Possibly thousands of... Uh, 1651 anyways hundreds anyways of years uh, to sort of check in on her see what she's up to she's having a tough time of it it's that sort of uh, it's something you quite often see in fantasy and I suppose in sci-fi although I can't think of an example where someone who is immortal stops having a good time with the whole life thing now that's a common theme a trope you might say i don't get it like i i feel like i would find shit to do man maybe it was harder back in 1651 like now i can travel the world with relative ease i can uh learn to do things that online i can i can explore just about anything from the comfort of my home uh, whereas at 1651, you're relegated to a lot less options of just things to do. So, yeah, maybe just give her time and she'll start to have fun again when she reaches these ages. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm curious how this is all going to turn out with her and uh, 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 Jenna Coleman, Claire Oswald, and this new doctor because seemingly... Or definitely, the news has been broken that Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman are going to be leaving the show. And with all this Maisie Williams having a fairly significant role, I wonder if she's going to sort of step in, maybe in the interim, maybe to take in a more active role for a longer period. Uh, I don't know, but I am curious and hopeful of things to come in the Dr. Hugh future here. Whew. Today's book banter sponsor is jokes. Okay, uh, today's book banter book is titled, or titled if you prefer, and I hope you do, The 50 Funniest American Writers According to Andy Borowitz. What the fuck? Uh, it's an interesting title, and I think that's why it pulled me in. Uh, this is something that I, tr I rack my brains, and I don't know if in the history of uh, book banter or in the pre-episode 300 days book Bowensdays, which was book combined with the word Wednesday, uh, have I ever brought back a book or a collection of short stories? I don't know if I have. The reason I don't know and lean towards saying no is because I kind of lean away from collections of short stories. Uh, I usually don't like them. They don't... 
Uh, they happen so quickly. Uh, I, I don't get a chance to be pulled in. I, I like a I, I like a decently long book that that pulls me in. That there's maybe there's some slow parts where not much is going on, and I'm and I'm in my head more than I'm in the book, which melds my head and the book together in a sort of cohesive unit. Huh? Maybe that's what happens. I don't know. Whereas with a short story, a lot of the time it's uh, over before I've sunk my teeth into it. Uh, I think book mind melds might make its way into the title of this episode. I'm I'm not saying for sure. I'm not saying for sure. I, I'm just uh, I like the idea of a book mind meld. Okay, so what this is is Andy Borowitz, which um, I don't know who Andy Borowitz is. <laughs> I've just realized, and probably should have looked into who he is. Is he a comedian? If he is, I have not actually heard of him, and I listen to comedians all day, so I feel all day, so I feel bad for that fact. If he's not, well, then fuck off. Uh, he seemingly got a pretty good taste. There was a few few of these uh, fifty short stories that uh, I sort of scrolled through, not really finding much in the way of laughter, but of a lot of them I did like. Uh, I've got the list in front of me. Let me see if any of them jump out at me. Uh, the, the first one of the book, uh, and that jumps out at me, both of those things, uh, is Mark Twain, a presidential candidate. Uh, something sort of, to me, mind-boggling about Mark Twain is how well he holds up today. I've read a fair amount of Mark Twain, uh, Connecticut Yankee and Kirk Arthur's Court, um, other things. <laughs> the, the, anyways, a fair amount of Mark Twain. And, and the reason that it is is because it's good and it's quite often funny. Uh, I, I, it's, uh, look, I'm speechless. Well, don't look. Listen, because this is a podcaster and there is no looking unless you're looking at your device that's playing the sound coming out at you. <sighs> oh, boy. Off the rails. Uh, yeah, so uh, somehow his writing and quite often, more often than not, even sense of humor throughout the many, many decades between him and me still seems to hold up and generate laughs in people today, which uh, I've read things that do not do that. So the fact that he does, I, and I think maybe it's because he kind of... I don't know if he writes on a basic level, but a but a more not as flowery as some other people from back then. I don't know if that's at all accurate. If the things I am saying are smart at all, maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Nart. Maybe they're not. We don't nart. <sighs> Let's see, James Server. Uh, so we go uh, Lenny Bruce. That that one I was interested in. Because I know he made sort of great strides in comedians being able to say whatever the hell they wanted to. Um, maybe not without repercussions, even to this day. But uh, before, uh, if you wanted a comedian who swore or had jokes about uh, abortions or other things, whatever, you'd have to go to a sort of seedy underground club. Whereas now... Uh, it's not in the limelight per se, but uh, a comedian can can technically say whatever they want. There may still be repercussions to what they say. Uh, let's hope that doesn't go away. Let's because as you've heard, we're out of time. 
let's just sort of round up this discussion of this book by saying let's hope that comedians never have uh, or never are forced to not be able to say things just because it may upset people. Uh, maybe the repercussions are you lose listeners, you you lose fans, but let's not have anything more than that be the repercussions. Okay? Okay. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Ghost in the Matisse Haunted Paintings Incorporated. Thank you, you lovely sponsor. Uh, if you listen to the last episode, you will know this episode. We're talking Witcher 3, colon, Wild Hunt, dash, Hearts of Stone, period. Lots of punctuation in here. Uh, this is the first DLC of The Witcher 3. This is the second time I'm talking about it for the reason that I got halfway through and then recorded a podcast. And now I have completed the second half. Actually, it was probably closer to two-thirds and one-third than split 50-50. But who's counting? I suppose I was since I just gave you the numbers there. Uh, okay, so you will know, I hope, long-time listener, uh, that I had found myself in a painting. A, a beautiful painting. A painting in which I was sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of traveling back in time. Oh, shit. Time travel. Theme of this episode. So, uh, uh, we did the three movies, which were uh, time travel in nature, all three of them. Uh, skins, nothing time travelly there. Doctor Who, that's a little on the time travelly, wibbly wobbly side, if I do say so myself. Uh, Andy Borowitz, it's uh, comedians throughout the ages, 50 of them, from Mark Twain to present day, time travel. Witcher 3, Hearts of Stone, what's the time travel, you might say? Well, I'm in a painting at the start of this talk. Uh, the painting that was painted back in time, being in this painted has allowed me kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of to travel back in time to when the painting was painted. Uh, this theme is permeating throughout. Uh, I'm in this painting because uh, this dude who I'm completing three tasks for asked me to get a flower. Not just any flower, no, no, no. A flower from his sort of lost love who uh, I guess was dead, uh, and he wanted this flower from when they were still in love, uh, uh, from a sort of day when everything was still okay. Hmm, romantic, and goddamn impossible seemingly, but no, I'm Geralt of Rubia, and I could friggin' get flowers from a long time ago by jumping into paintings, bastard. So that's just what I do. Uh, I'm sort of led around, given clues by a ghost cat and a ghost dog, which was unusual. They could talk. Talking cats and dogs inside paintings, you say? Probably you don't say that, because that has never fucking happened ever. Uh, very, very cool, though. 
you know what? I don't know if I gave a rating for the first half of this, but let's give it for the second. Uh, yeah, this DLC, 5 out of 5. It was pretty incredible in terms of the different things that I did that I've never done in video games. Attending a wedding. I don't know if I've ever really done that. Maybe in a cinematic, but here I could like walk around and do things while at the wedding uh, reception. Uh, bank heist. Sure, I've done a bank heist, but I've never done a fantasy bank heist. Uh, all in all, definitely recommends this. Uh, the other thing was, and this was more of to wrap it up, uh, I had to either confront this guy who had me going on these quests, or the guy who sent me to the guy who I'm doing the quest for, which is kind of confusing. I didn't really get... Oh yeah, you know, I, I did get. Uh, and that's a big spoiler. Maybe I cannot give it away. Yeah, let's just say... And this is not too spoilery, but I do warn of them. You have to choose between uh, this this magical guy and the guy you've been doing these these little quests for. Um, and I won't say who to choose. I, I think you can decide which one to choose. You know what? I'll, I'll give away who I chose. I chose to side with the guy who I found the rose for. Now, you may say, without knowing the full story, why would you choose the guy who sent you all these stupid quests getting roses from paintings and shit, well, maybe I felt kind of bad for him. And the other guy was a bit of a jerk, and I'll always go against the jerk. Always, never bet on jerk. Huh? Never bet on jerk. That might be in the title of it, too. Oh, shit, I lost the first part. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is... What have I written? I mean, what is my sponsor written here? Have you ever wondered what it's like to be the leader of Canada? This is the Canadian Prime Minister POV for the Oculus Rift. Oh, we got another video game sponsor. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Okay, so uh, item the first is last week tonight, colon... I don't really need to say the colon, but I do anyways, uh, with John Oliver, and he's talking about the Canadian election, which, uh, from the point of view of you listening to this, you've already, you already know what has happened in the Canadian election, from, hell, even my point of view, to be honest, I, I actually know what's happened, but, uh, when he posted that, this was pre-election, uh, and it was very interesting to see, and this is one of the things I love about John Oliver, uh, someone who is not a Canadian, particularly someone in the comedy entertainment uh, arena, takes such an active, seemingly uh, genuine interest in uh, Canadian politics, much more so than I will admit I have myself, which I, I that's, that's kind of one of the things I wanted to say about this. Uh, this made me feel bad uh, for not having just about any interest at all in politics, be they American or Canadian, where I live. So, uh, this was the first year ever where I felt bad for not voting. <laughs> uh, and if people knew, like, I didn't even tell people I didn't vote because I knew they would give me shit. And now I'm saying it on a podcast. Well, 
there you go. We'll, we'll see if any of those people who would give me shit are listening to this and then can give me shit. But uh, it sort of, I don't know if opened my eyes is a little bit, but did in a little bit in regards to potentially looking into voting next time around and maybe taking a little more interest in it. And maybe I should be, well, no, no maybes about should, should be, but uh, my sort of uh, lifelong desire to experience constant shits and giggles uh, the the struggle for consumption of medias that entertain me nonstop all day every day means that traveling into the world of politics is kind of pushed to the side because it's boring as shit. If you can make it interesting, like John Oliver did, maybe I'd have more of an interest. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's because I don't know. <laughs> segue. Let's move on to the next item. Okay, this uh, this item, interesting in itself, but uh, also interesting because it came from a list of cool YouTube sci-fi videos. It's not really sci-fi. Oh, yeah, it is sci-fi. Never mind. So uh, every once in a while in my travels on the internet, I will see, like, you know, I forget exactly what this was, top ten sci-fi movie shorts on YouTube. And then you, you know, work your way through those. Some of them will be awesome. Some of them maybe you won't like as much. But, uh... Uh, if if you see like lists like that, I recommend you you know sc- scope them out for yourself. Why not? Uh, this one was from Biting Elbows. Uh, it's basically a point of view action music video. Uh, very very cool idea. And speaking of the Oculus, since this is the sponsor of this segment. Uh, seeing something like this and then realizing that the potential to put something like this in a virtual reality headset is sort of it makes me tingly in my nerdy sci-fi seeing what's in the future bones uh yeah so basically it's this guy who's uh, is he tied up anyways he's about to be executed then he breaks out he's fighting through shit he eventually gets this thing which lets him teleport. He's teleporting all over. Guys are following him. He's shooting them. They're shooting at him. Uh, fights up, down, left, right. BA, select, start. Fucking crazy shit. Uh, all from point of view perspective. Uh, very, very cool. I didn't realize it was a music video. So that's interesting f- for whoever the musicians are. Good on you. And uh, it makes me wish this was in a VR headset that I could watch immediately. Speaking of VR, uh, they probably did on this last and final item, uh, the Indoor Kids Podcast with guest Adam Sessler. Fucking right. Fucking right. I love Adam Sessler. Have a a deep down man love for Mr. Adam Sessler. Have spoken of him on this podcast more times than I can count. Uh, and have not done so for you know a very very long time it feels like because he's sort of been out of the limelight and uh, just in terms of he's been working on things that are not necessarily posted to the internet where I would see them uh, so it was great to see him on this this was bittersweet in a lot of ways uh, this podcast the indoor kids podcast which I know I've spoke of on this one uh, host Emily Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani 
As I like to say about uh, Camille and Johnny, we have a lot in common. Both have podcasts. Both have podcasts in which we speak of video games. Both are married to women named Emily. Both are from Pakistan. One of those things is not actually true. I will leave it up to you to determine which. Uh, yes, yeah, so the bittersweet was, this was their, f- not final episode, but final episode for a while. A indeterminate while. Like, when I did my 300th episode of this podcast, and took a little hiatus, and I didn't really know how long it was going to last. Uh, I'm hoping it's sort of like that. Maybe come back when they, they're doing it for a very, very similar reason that I did it. Just too much shit on the go to be able to do it as well as they would like. Uh, both have jobs that are sort of taking over their time. Mine was like a uh, moving new job, a whole bunch of actual life stuff. God damn that shit. Uh, and there's a sort of similar. So it was nice that the, that's that's the bitterness. The sweetness came in the form of Adam Sessler and that it was an amazing podcast that I recommend you listen to, folks. That leaves one final say. <laughs> One final thing to say, which is, of course, always the final thing to say, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper